Yo, welcome back to the Youth of the Nation podcast. This is episode 14, a lone episode where I talk about top five Thanksgiving holiday Christmas foods of all time to me uh, and sharing that list. And then I also talk about let's just not be racist and that there's not one way to share the gospel. And then I end it with the cost of discipleship. A couple of words that I go by when I think about the cost of leading kids and leading and following Jesus. So, Hope you enjoy the episode. Yo, what's up again? Welcome back to the Youth of the Nation podcast. Again, I just want to thank you so much for listening, for listening to this show, for giving feedback, for supporting me in any way that you can. Uh, I, it, it truly means the world to me. And you know, today what we're going to get into, we're going to get into some fun topics. I know this is by myself, but I think we're going to get into some fun topics. And everyone that is on my podcast this month of December um, is going to get this question. We're going to talk about Thanksgiving holiday, you know, Christmas top five foods. And we're going to go down the list and I'm going to tell you why each food is my favorite. And that's what I want to start with today. And of course, we'll get into our other topics such as don't be a racist. There's not one way and the cost, the cost of doing ministry and the cost of discipleship. I... I'm trying to think of my top five, and this is going to be in order, top five holiday foods over everything. These are what I love, okay? And this can be, and I'm going to keep it with like dinner, uh, because a lot of people throw desserts in there, and I think that's fair. I think des- I think, I think that's unfair. I think dessert has to have its own category, bro. Like, desserts are just a different level. Uh, the pie, the ice cream, you got to make it right. The apple pie, the chunks, like it has to be okay. Okay. I'm going to tell you my least favorite holiday food, stuffing. It's wet bread. I don't know why people eat stuffing. It, and then this is what everyone says to me, right? They're like, no, but you got to try my stuffing. No, your stuffing tastes terrible. Not because you made it terrible. I'm sure it tastes great. And that's what happens, right? It tastes great to everybody else. But to me, it's the worst thing on the planet. Like, I, <laughs> oh my goodness, I could gag right now just thinking about stuff. It's just wet bread. Uh, I don't like the consistency of it. I don't like the taste. I don't like how the taste like jumps. And I used to think I wasn't a picky eater, but straight up, I am a picky eater. And stuffing is one of the things that I will not eat. So if you are upset about me because stuffing is not on this list, I'm sorry. This is this is my top five. And what we'll be doing is uh, on next week's episode, we'll, uh, my next loan episode, we'll be critiquing uh, the list that you guys send me. And uh, I think it'll be fun. But here we go. Nate Burdeen's Youth of the Nation podcast, top five 
holiday foods. Here we go. Number five, the number five food out of all foods that we have. I gotta go with mashed potatoes. I love me some mashed potatoes. Like mashed potatoes are the best. Um, one because they're not that hard to make. Like everybody can make them, right? Like everyone. I mean, everyone should be able to make some good mashed potatoes. Um, does Nate know how to make potatoes? No, but I know a lot of people that know how to make them well. So potatoes are on there for real. I love me some good potatoes, some good salt and pepper, seasoned right. Um, I live, I live in this world of if it ain't seasoned, I ain't gonna eat it. And uh, I praise, I praise God uh, for first when I was young, my family seasoning their food, and the family I live with now um, seasoning their food too. They season their food. I, y'all, a lot of y'all be saying white people don't season their food. They do. Y'all just be messing with the. Anyway, um, stay. Stop being racist. People season. A lot of people don't season their food. I've seen all people from all races not season their food. But trust me, throw a little flavor in there. Throw a little spice. It's okay. But mashed potatoes uh, is number five on my list. Number four, I'm gonna have to go. This is gonna be weird. I'm gonna have to go with the gluten. I'm gonna have to go with the rolls. Rolls are the next one. Again, I don't know how to pronounce my R's, so don't make fun of me. But rolls are so good. A warm roll with some warm butter. Oh my goodness. It is phenomenal. That is my number four. Is I love me some warm rolls with some warm butter. Oh, and I'm telling you, y'all, I'm getting hungry just doing this. Those King's Hawaiian rolls, no joke. Oh, I'm telling you, King's Hawaiian Rolls. If, if if you have never had a King's Hawaiian Roll, I want you to stop listening to me. No, keep listening to me. But you get in your car or your scooter or your bike, whoever you are, go to the store and go get some King's Hawaiian Rolls. Trust me, they are phenomenal. Sorry I got all close to the mic like that, but that's how good they are. They are so good. So good. I love them. So, Go check out some some King's Hawaiian Rolls. Those are the best. Um, I'll, again, I'll share more with you. All right, here we go. We're entering the top three now, the top three holiday foods for Nate Burdine. These are what I love. Next, I got to keep it ethnic out here, some collard greens. I love me some collard greens. Collard greens are the best. Top, they're just so good. Um, again, a lot of people make them out the can. I don't care if they're out the can or fresh. They just need to be there on Thanksgiving or Christmas. My family makes them. She does a phenomenal job. Adds a little kick in there too. So yes, collard greens are the best. Uh, shout out if you have collard greens. Uh, I have, a, I've had a lot of people say, hey, I'm going to make some greens for you. And I'm like, all right, bet. And they make green beans. That's not how we do it right here. That's not how we do it. Uh, collard greens are top top three. I'm telling you. Okay, here we go. We're now in the top two. Again, if you've forgotten, in the short list that we have so far, we have coming in at number five, mashed potatoes. Coming in at number four, coming in at number four are some warm rolls. And number three, of course, we had collard greens. And now top two are for the two top dogs of holidays. Number two, turkey. 
I know you'd probably think that'd be my number one, but it's not. It's not my number one. I love turkey. I love it so well. Um, you just got to cook it right. I love dark meat. So that turkey leg, ooh, rip off that leg. That's on me. I'll eat that all day. Uh, so I love me some good turkey meat. It's the best. Um, you can't go wrong with some good turkey. Again, it's like a staple. You know, it's a staple of of Thanksgiving, of Christmas. Um I think Christmas is a different food, and that's my number one. Hopefully, you can guess it. But my top food is truly um, one of my top foods is turkey. I love turkey. Now, listen to what I'm telling you. You got to take the turkey that you had on Thanksgiving, and you got to take the rolls that you still have that are almost moldy on Thanksgiving, and you got to take the roll, split it, and take the turkey meat, I'm telling you, and put it on the on the bread and throw some sriracha on that. Oh, you're going to be blessed today, brother. You're going to be blessed today, sister and brother. I'm telling you, it was so good. It actually, I don't want to say it changed my life, but it honestly might have changed my life. Like, it was that good. Sriracha with the, um, sriracha with the, uh, yeah, with the, with the turkeys and the rolls. So good. I'm telling you, it was so good. And then the number one food to me is ham. Oh, I love me some good ham. Same thing. You can do the turkey, the sriracha. Throw some ham with some collard green juice. I know I'm so hungry right now. I'm getting so hungry. But those are the those are the top five. Uh, I love I love ham. I love me some good ham. So well seasoned ham, some cooked rye ham, some. I think it, is it smoked ham. Um, I forgot, or apple, uh, applewood smoked ham, however it is. That stuff is really good. Um, so ham, again, is number one. Ham has a number one spot for me, but I want to hear your top five. So I want you to reply on my Instagram at underscore Kybert. And also the Youth of the Nation podcast now has an Instagram at the Youth of the Nation pod. I thought it would be too long to put cast at the end of that. So the Youth of the Nation pod will be posting weekly episode updates, just season updates, whatever's going on. So yeah, go ahead and check that out. Uh, Go ahead and put your top five. I'm going to put my top five on a list, and then you will comment your top five, and then we'll talk about them on my next loan episode, which is in two weeks. But y'all, I'm telling you, Got you got to do it, and I'm always interested to see because a lot of people put ham, um, put ham on the bottom one. Turkey's always number one. Stuffing's on there, trash. I hate cranberry jelly, trash. I think it's uh, it's gross. But we all have our different tastes. So again, Nate's top holiday food list. Not coming in at number one, ham. Love me some ham. Number two is turkey. Number two is turkey. And we love turkey. You know we love turkey. Number three, you know how it be. (laughs) That was so corny. Collard greens. I love me some collard greens. Collard greens are great. Number four, warm rolls. Those are the best. And number five, of course. I I just, to me, it's so interesting to, to think that anyone could forget the potatoes. Number five, potatoes that are that's my top five list hope you enjoy it uh, 
I hope you I hope you like those foods. I hope you celebrate on Christmas and Thanksgiving. I know some people don't eat those foods. They eat different foods. Even tell me what your top five food is if you don't eat the the you know the American Thanksgiving or Christmas meal. Like what are your top foods on Christmas? Um, I'm starting to love my girlfriend's family's uh, Puerto Rican rice. Game changer. So. What do you? What are kind of some foods that you like to eat on Thanksgiving and Christmas? And uh, we'll talk about them in two weeks. So now we're gonna get into, don't be a racist. Yo, so this will not be a weekly segment. Don't be a racist. Won't be a weekly segment. It'll be. It'll just. It's just something I've been hearing lately, and something I just wanted to talk about. And why it's not okay for believers to think this way, and why we as believers have to think a different way. So this is what I want to share. I was in Panda Express, and if you're on my Instagram, you've seen this before, but I want to share this. I was in Panda Express, and I was in line. I love me some Panda Express, and I was getting my chow mein, of course, with the Beijing beef and the orange chicken. And I I looked to my right, and I see three white men, and they're you know sitting around laughing. You know, fine, you can laugh, I don't care. But they say, you know, he can go back to Africa so he can, and then they start clicking their tongues. And I was like, oh. And to me, like at first, like it, I didn't react. I was like, no, that's not racist. Like they're, you know, they're just joking around. They're just, they're just playing or whatever. And, but then I thought about it and I was like, nope, that's, that's racist. And I, and I posted on Instagram, and I did it in a humorous way, and I said, hey, let's just not be racist. And then I thought about the moments when I'm racist and I make fun of other cultures. So I had to, had to check myself at the door, but I believe I also had to speak up and say, no, 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 no. We can't, we can't do that as believers. And I don't know if they were believers. I don't know, but I believe also as believers, we need to call them out. We need to call people who are racist out. Because if we don't, it's just going to keep happening. This hatred is just going to keep happening. I, I posted, I tweeted the other day, I said, we cannot be a nation or a people that stands for the grace and freedom of people if we stand for the hatred of other people groups. We can't say, hey, we want to share to the nations and preach to the nations when we hate people from other nations. Now, a lot of the people that are probably going to listen to this podcast are probably going to be the people that aren't hating on other nations. But we got to share this because what happens is we get into our circles and we silo ourselves. And then now we cannot share, hey, it's not okay to make this racist remark. No, it's not okay to make fun of their culture. No, it's not okay to make fun of the stereotypes that are that we we have dictated as funny at one time, but they're not funny anymore. Some people might say, "Well, Nate, you're just being politically correct. You know, this politically correct society, it's coming." No, I'm just trying to love people. I'm not trying to be politically correct. I'm trying to love people. And if that's politically correct, so be it. If me caring for how people feel is politically correct, I'm all for it. I said this in a podcast before. I said, when did caring for people become liberal? When did caring for people become politically correct? I care for people's emotions. So no, we don't make fun of Latino people because, oh, you know, make fun of like immigrant. No, we don't make fun of immigrant culture because it's not funny. 
We don't make fun of the dialect of another people group. We just don't do that. Because you get to make those jokes. We get to make those jokes from our privilege. I've made jokes before about other people groups. And the only reason I get to make them is because I get to make those jokes from my privilege. I've made jokes about women before. And they weren't good before I got saved. And I realized I'm just doing that because I'm a male and I have that privilege. We can't live in this society where we're standing for hate. And this brings anger and it almost brings tears to my eyes that we could do this. Because yeah, that's a one-off remark, but how often do those remarks go unspoken and unsaid? Because yeah, I might've called it out, but I didn't call it out to them. And they'll say, well, Nate, you can't do that, but why not? Hey, y'all, that's not okay. I think that's okay to say. It's not politically correct to care for people and to not stand for hate. There's a woman that um, that I look up to. Her name is Whitney. And she's been retweeting, retweeting, retweeting. And um, she kind of said that she she this this woman tweeted, how we cannot stand on the product of grace if we're teaching how to that if our nation holds people down. We can't teach this grace and this love and this peace and this shalom if we're holding people down. We can't, we can't do it. We can't do it. And so often they go, Nate, well, you know, it's just, are you educated? No, uh-uh. Because that doesn't work either. Because we can't say, well, are you educated enough? I'm, I'm educated on caring for people, on loving people. Racism is not good in any way. It's not funny. It's not humorous. It's not cool. It's not cute. At first, I thought it was funny. I thought it was a joke. But it's, but it's not. It's not. And, and, and I hope you can feel the, the hurt and anger in my voice. And then, you know, you got, you got your people saying, well, I'm uncomfortable. Well, good. I'm glad. I'm glad that someone made you uncomfortable in your privilege. And this isn't just going for white people. This is going for all people, especially in America, because we live a, a privilege that we don't even understand. We live a privilege that we won't ever get. It'll never make sense to us. But we live in that privilege, and we don't understand it as Americans. As church people, we live in that privilege. We as Christians, we're not persecuted. I'm not persecuted because I fall. I can take my Bible out to a Starbucks and, and, and do it. What if a Muslim did the same thing? Would they be judged? I can take my stuff out there and, and do it. and let it, I can do me. I'm, I'm not persecuted. That's, that's not what I am. And yes, like people might say, you know, Christianity is dying, but that doesn't make me persecuted. That means we need to share the gospel in many ways, in many ways. And that leads me to my next point where I'm talking about there's not one way to do these things. There's not one way to speak to people. There's not one way to love people. And you, you've you heard this all before, right? There's not one way. There will never be one way. There will always be multiple ways. I think about it like this. I serve, and I'm thinking about this for kids, right? I serve so many guys that don't have fathers in their homes. 
I see so many kids that don't have fathers, don't have mothers, don't have kids. I see a community that's, that's broken. Jesus is working, but it's broken. And to some kids, when I share the gospel, it is good news. But what about to the kids that it's not good news for? Do, do we ever stop and think about that? Because at the end of the day, the good news is good news. But to a kid who doesn't understand that, why is it good news? How is the good news of Jesus came to save? Jesus came for me and died for me and, and loves me and, and forgives me of my sin. And I can I can live eternally with him. And, and he has actually redeemed my past and redeemed who I am. How is that good news to a kid who's living in section eight? How's that good news for a kid who doesn't understand that? How's that good news for a kid that has had privilege and has had everything they wanted and you're saying, oh, God came out of privilege? That doesn't make sense to me. I hope this is making sense because what I'm trying to say is I think we try to cookie cutter Jesus and give it to every single person in the same way. And I'm not saying don't preach about Jesus. I'm saying we got to find a way to make the gospel available to all. Because I promise you, there's ways that I share the gospel to kids that's different to the way I share it to other kids. I'm kind of learning lately that like there's a lot of kids who struggle with being homeless. Did you know that Jesus was homeless? That's when the good news becomes good news to them. When we can apply this good news, not to say, okay, he died for your sins. That's good. And that works. The gospel works by itself. It's the gospel. I'm not saying we got to change it. But for kids' lives, how does it apply to them? Because what if they're like, I don't struggle with sin? They might, they probably do. But like, what if they're like, well, I don't struggle with sin. I don't struggle with issues. I don't struggle with that stuff. I'm homeless though. How, how does Jesus work through that? And just angry? They're valid. How does Jesus work through that? Well, because he was homeless. You know? Man, immigrants, man, like everyone's making fun of these immigrants. Everyone's saying about this, this immigrants, immigrants. I come from an immigrant family, not me. I'm just saying that's what kids say. Do you know Jesus was an immigrant? He traveled from land from land. The Bible's actually full of immigrants, people who migrate and, and travel across lines without the right papers, the legal papers. Like, do we know this? Do we know this about Jesus? And what I'm saying is the gospel is the gospel and it is good news. But how is it good news to kids that when we just share the cookie cutter way and we share the 12 <laughs> stories that we know, how is it good news to them? Because what I've been trying to read in the Bible is not the, the stories everyone knows, but the stories no one talks about. And there's so much more in that too. You know, like there's books. You know, Mark is, uh, I believe it's Mark, is about the suffering servant, or Mark and Matthew, one of those are. It's like the suffering servant, suffering. Because when you say servant, they're like, cool, he served. But when you say suffering, they're like, oh, he suffered too? Jesus suffered? How? I, I deal with temptation. I deal with lust. Well, here's, here's a man who, who who dealt with temptation but overcame. I'm just saying. I'm not saying what we do is wrong, but maybe there's something else. 
Maybe it's not full. That's what I'm saying. Maybe it's not full. Because I think us as humans, us as believers, and us as people that are leading young people have to say, I don't know. And also that we do not know the whole story until we talk to God himself. Because there's a lot of remarks that we make that we say, Jesus was this, and is this, and is this. I believe there's a lot we don't know. How about the idea that we don't know the day or the hour when he will come? There's a lot that we don't know. But as we as believers, me, uh, DJ, me and DJ talked about this last week. I hope you checked that one out. It was a great episode. Go ahead and peep if you haven't. But DJ said, it's okay with saying I don't know. But when there's stuff that you should know, you should know that. Who's Jesus? We should know that. <laughs> you know, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus' disciples? You know, we, we should, you know, hey, share, share with me a story. What do you mean by he was lost? Like some of these questions. But what if like someone's like, yo, uh, how does Jesus relate to a black kid? I don't get it. I'm being taught this religion from a from a different from a perspective that's not mine. Where's my perspective? Oh. I don't know. That's okay. That's okay. I've had kids ask me crazy things, yo. Crazy things. Well, I'm like, I have no clue what to tell you. Like no idea what to tell you. But they But I go I learn, I go and I learn, and then I come back and I say, hey, this is what I know. That's what I did with my kids. We started talking about, I said, how many of you, to my campaigners group, I said, how many of you face, know, have done, or have seen racism in your life? Every kid raised their hand. So this issue isn't dead. America's not racist. Nope, it is. I said in the last year. That means they've seen it recently. It's, it's, it's not done. Jesus does not stand for the hatred of other people. Jesus hates evil and he hates sin. He hates them. I'm confident saying that. He loathes it. He, does, he wants it as far apart as away from us at all. Jesus stands for the oppression of evil. Jesus wants evil out, evil gone, right? That's why he came and died, so the sin could be gone, that we would be, you know, it's Christmas It's Christmas time. Hope you enjoyed the Christmas beats in the beginning, but Jesus said, I love this. Sin had made a crimson stain, but he washed it as white as snow. That's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus is against. It doesn't say Jesus took a black man and he clean he no. Jesus took it. No. Jesus took a crimson stain and he washed it white as snow. There's politics behind all that. I'm not getting into that. I'm getting into this. Care for people because we're Jesus people. And again, like I said, I posted the picture of the um the Mexican mom and her two kids running. Um, from tear gas, from tear gas, a kid tear gassed. I said, does this make you uncomfortable? Some kids said, some some people replied, they said, yeah, nay, it does. 
I said, good. <laughs> good. Because it makes me uncomfortable too. I don't know. Wh- I don't know how we can change it. And that's the thing. I don't know how we can change this. But I believe it starts with love. And I've shared this before, y'all. It starts with that love. And also knowing that there's not one way. Because how do we share the gospel to the girl who said, hey, um, I get it. This Jesus guy is cool. But where was he when my family got tear gassed? You know, and people are like, well, we don't come to face with those kids. Well, we should. We should. We should. We need to. We have to. We have to come to grips that kids, kids are having traumatic experiences in adverse situations, in crazy situations. How can we love them in it? How can we truly love them in those situations? So again, don't be a racist, right? Check yourself. I need to do it too sometimes. But also, their gospel is so vast. It's big. It's simple, right? Isn't that crazy? This is the mystery, one of the mysteries of our faith. It's so simple that you can take it in a 10-minute conversation and say, hey, this is who Jesus is, and people can give their lives to Christ, right? We've seen it happen. Kids give their life to Jesus, and you shared the gospel at a conference at something, and you've seen kids just fall to their knees and give their life to Christ. But... Also, it might take a couple years to get the gospel and to actually have kids fall in love with Jesus. And that's okay. It's vast. It's huge. So it can cover that time. There's no, there's no amount of time that the gospel's like, oh, that's too much. No. Mm-mm. The gospel. The gospel works. The gospel works. Why? Because I've seen it work. Why? Because I know it'll happen. Why? Because I know God can do it. I know God can. And I know that God will use the gospel today to help lead this generation. To lead the next generation. To change the next generation. To love the next generation. God is going to do work with the gospel if we can share it to kids in a genuine way. And not give them cookie cutter but give them the true Jesus that we know that is in the Bible and that we learn about in the scriptures and being okay with, hey, uh, I don't know, but what I do know is that God is good and God is great and God is going to do work. He's going to do work. God is going to do what he does. And you guys know what God does? Everything. Everything. God truly does everything. So. I believe, yes, there's racism in this country. Yes, people are oppressed in this country. Yes, people are hurt. People are killed for for no reason in this country. But the gospel, the gospel, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is what we need. It's what we need in this country. It's what we need in this country. Amen. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to my soapbox on that one. I want to finish with this last topic. Um, which is the cost. Welcome back. Um, again, again, thanks for listening to that last conversation. I know it's tough. And I just want to talk about the cost real quick. And uh, the cost of being a follower of Jesus, of being a disciple, uh, and discipling Young people. And I think so often we we don't count the cost, right? 
and we don't tell kids to come to college because I think what happens is we bring kids to Jesus and we say, yo, follow Jesus. You're going to follow Christ and you're going to love him no matter what. And you're going to do your thing and do you. And, and then we say, and then kids go, but wait, wh- I get to do it for free, right? And hold on. We don't tell them about the cost. We don't tell them about the cost. How could we not tell someone about the cost? How could we not tell someone about the cost of following Jesus? How can we not be honest about that? Because we need to be. We need to be. I'm going to read this. This is out of Matthew 19. You guys know where it's coming from. It's the rich in the kingdom of God. This is Matthew 19. Starting off at 16, it says, Just then a man came to came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? And he asked about the commandments. And I'm not going to read the whole thing because that's bad radio. But what we're going to do is it says, all these I have kept, what do I still lack? And he says, if you want to be perfect, go, sell your possessions, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven that come follow me. Words that I follow in there. And I, and, and, this, this is what I focus on, all right? It says, go, give, have, follow. So again, go, give, have, follow. And that, that, you know what? I'm, I even love sell. Sell, give, have, follow. There's a thing about go and I think about sell. Go, sell. For, for, for the youth leader, go, sell it all. Give, give it all away. Take what you have, what you're holding on to, and give it to God. Give it to Jesus. Take it. Give it to him, right? Because what ha- what's happening is in the scripture, right, is this young man is like, okay, I get it. I, I follow all the commandments. I do those right. And that's what we tell kids. Hey, you know, get, get, your, get your act right. Follow Jesus in this way. And they do that, and they say, okay, cool, um, What's next? And we go, oh, well, uh, go. Go sell. What are you holding on to? Because when I first became a follower of Jesus, I was holding on to a lot of tox- toxic relationships, and I had to let go of them. Go. And I was like, and I was just like the rich young man. I turned away, and I was like, I'm so sad. I didn't have money like that. But I had a lot of good friends that I thought that were great friends, and I ha- and I had to... I had to let go of the, the toxic friends in my life. I had to, right? I had to go. I had to sell. I had to give that to God. Go. Again, give. And after that, he says, to the poor. You're going to have to give some of what you have and give it to others, and you will become poor. You are going to have to give what you have to others, and you might become poor. But understand that when you're giving to others, they don't know what well to come to, but you do know the well to come to. It's just like the Samaritan with the living water, right? You keep coming back to this well for water. This is not going to give you, this is not going to quench your thirst. You need to come to me because I'm the living water. Same with this. Give. Give, give, give to the poor. Why? Because when I deposit, when I deposit, I'm actually being blessed because I have now given. Again, I'm going crazy, right? Like I am preaching, I think. 
And then Matthew 16, 33, it says, um, uh, or 6, 33, sorry, it says, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. Give to the poor. Because if I have my money and I have my possessions and I have what I have still, what I'm going to do is I'm going to hold on to that more and I will not be seeking first the kingdom of God. I'll be seeking something else. You know what I mean? So I think, I think straight up, I just think that we as believers and we as followers have to understand that we have to give. We will have to deposit what we have. And yes, for a season, for a moment, we will become less and we will feel feel depleted, but we can go to the well. Because what the rich young man didn't understand here, he thought he had to give all his possessions and then he had nothing. But that wasn't true. He was giving all his possessions and he had Jesus. That's who he had. He gave all of who he was. He needed to give all of who he had and who he was and what he had so he could get Jesus. So yes, you will have to deposit because what you're going to get back, you know who to go back to. You know the well to go back to. And his name is Jesus. His name is truly Jesus. Right? You will have, possess, then we will get, right? I just said, you will possess. So now that we have the treasure, now I mean, now that we have given the treasures that we hold, we will now have the treasure of the kingdom of God. And we will possess it. We will have it. We will own it. Again, because now that we get to share it and we tell other kids, yo, take your possessions and sell them. Sell those possessions. Kids are going to go, well, I don't want to. That I don't need to. But then when you can say, no, then you possess the you will possess an eternal gift that you can come back to and back to and back to. When you feel low, when you feel, you know, kids like, oh, I feel sad, go to Jesus. <laughs> come back to this well. That's that's what brings power. And then I'll finish that off with follow. It all ends with, then come and follow me. You got to go, do, you got to do this. You got to sell. If you truly want to follow me, the Lord does not like lukewarm, right? He says, if you truly want to follow me, go. Do, do, sell. Then come follow me. You're probably going to slip up again, though. You're probably going to walk away, but seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. And he says, you know, the uh, camel, eye of a needle, go through camel. Camel to the eye of a needle. And that's not just with money. That's in everything. What are you rich in? What are you rich in? What are you rich in? Because if you're rich in faith, man, that's going to that's gonna pass through. That's going to get through. That's going, that's going to deposit. But what are you rich in? I, I, I'd like to believe that I am often rich in faith. But I know sometimes I'm not. I know sometimes I'm not. I know sometimes I'm not fully rich in faith. I know sometimes I'm not fully sharing the kingdom of God. But y'all, to young people, when we're sharing this gospel, when we're sharing this good news, the cost is everything. The cost of discipleship is this. I know he's talking about the rich, about you know, inheriting the kingdom and following Jesus and what is good. How do I become good? This is what kids are going to ask. How do I become good? Go sell. Go sell. 
Give, have, follow. And you got to explain that because people are like, okay, I get it. You're Christian and you just want to use one words and three point messages for everything. And I think that's so interesting. But, <laughs> but we, we, that's how we got to share it. And that's just, again, that's a tidbit from Nate. That's what I'm believing. That's what we're getting. Um, so, yeah. Hey, guys, thank you for checking out this episode. I know this episode was chock full of content, had a bunch of stuff in it. But thanks for checking out the Youth of Nation podcast, episode 14. Next week, we will have a great friend that I met actually when we recorded. Her name is Jordan Ripley, and she's with an organization called Child Haven. And she also has a blog called Unwritable Girl. And I'll put those links. I keep on saying it like grew from Despicable Me. Girl, unwritable girl. And um, I still said it weird. But anyway, unwritable girl. And uh, she is making great content. And I just thought it'd be cool to talk about Child Haven because it's directing kids and also kids with traumatic and adverse situations. So, guys, I am so grateful for you for listening to the Youth of the Nation podcast. Again, you can support me um, at anchor.fm, Nate slash or Nate like subtraction sign Burdine. Again, check us out next week. We'll be back Tuesday, 10 p.m. Peace. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Youth of the Nation podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and don't forget to check us out next week. Also, if you want to communicate with me, there's a Google form which you can send any feedback, questions, or even a shout out to me. Go ahead and check that out in the description. And also follow me on Instagram at underscore Kybird. Again, at underscore Kybird. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram. Keep it real. Keep it love. Peace.